Blog Talk Radio. Whatever say goodbye Last thing I wanted Was to hurt you bad Please don't be sad Over what we had I tried to tell you Every time we touched It's time you knew The truth about us I can't Grindhouse actor and rock and roll musician 
calling you from uh, New Jersey, where I happen to be tonight, on the Jersey Shore. I got. I got to well, ask you. How hot is it in New Jersey? It was unbearably hot today until the thunderstorms came. It was. It was really. It was oh, really hot. I miss thunderstorms. I have an it's old unbearably hot here, too. I have an old car with no air conditioning in it, and so uh, it was just torture driving to work. I was great. I was oh, great. yeah, yeah. I, I hate that. You know, I used to hate to watch the news due to the headlines of how horrible the world is today, but now yeah. I hate to watch the news just to see what the weather is going to be today. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's unbearably hot my you see my little uh my little uh bearded dragon right yes yes it's such a wonderful you know he's cold-blooded he's panting right now he is panting in in the winter time we have to give him heating pads and heating lights and everything the little guy is panting right now but yeah, let me tell you, That's I was how working hot on a, it is. I was working on a movie all weekend. Uh, we were shooting it out in Pennsylvania, which is next to New Jersey, and it was equally hot. And John Link was on the set, and we're all dying. Jeremy Woodworth, who's a guy you should get on the show sometime, he, he does a John Wayne Gacy act. We were all just just nice. dripping with John. John Link is wearing a parka. He's wearing a parka. And it's like a hundred degrees. Wow! And he's complaining that he's he's still feeling cold. <laughs> what? What is he's wrong just, with him? <laughs> John Link is kind of like a bearded dragon, you know. <laughs> Anyhow, I know oh man! I know we're doing our Bobby Brooks Wilson tribute tonight. Is Mister Wilson here with us? Uh, he's going to be calling in. I called him on Facebook. Um, he was like, oh, my gosh, you're right, it's Tuesday. So, yeah, he's going to be calling in. How about that song, man? That is, like, one of the coolest songs ever. And it's, like, one of the best phrases ever. I can't love you any more than I do. I'll let Bobby sing that because he's the professional. And But how cool is that song? That's one of Bobby's own songs, right? Yes, that's his original. You know what? Maybe we yeah. might call him. We can do that, like Ed. The, we got the power. Like the, like the way we used to call Conrad Brooks, God rest his soul. That's, <laughs> those were brilliant. You always had my back on that. Hey, Con, you always took control over that. And I'm like, uh, oh, crap, we just called Conrad Brooks. And you're just like, hey, Conrad. Uh, you know, yeah, let's call, let's call Bobby. I I talk to him all the time, you know. He he really enjoyed it. He enjoyed the attention. <laughs> you know, he, oh, good. Then we should do that. You should give us your give us the number one time, and we should call him again. Well, he, he's not with us anymore, Francie. He's what? He's, he's with Ed Wood. He's with Ed Wood now. He's 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 left us. He passed away. I did not know that. Yeah, it happened last year. Yeah. Hey. You knew and you didn't tell me? Yeah, you just... Oh. Okay, well, I'm let's sorry. call... Well, 
I assume you knew. I had no knew. idea. Oh, and he was the and he was the last. I'm of always the, the last one to know. He, he was the last of the All right, we're gonna call Bobby. Bobby Brooks Wilson, Conrad Brooks. It's kind of a pattern going on. Here we go. Uh, I, I still expect that you and Nick will oh. travel down to Vegas. To I think he's already called in. I'm sorry, but the person you called has a voice mailbox that has not been set up yet. Okay. <laughs> no, he's calling in to us, so... Hold on, okay. now Blog Talk Radio, because I always jump the gun. Edward, you're right, the show is cursed. We should just have John Lynch Hold on, call Bobby, in. We're, uh, Bobby, uh, try to call back in. We should just have John Lynch call try in. to call back in. We should have John oh, okay. Lynch call in. Okay, so. just hang up on Link and disconnect him. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I just I, hung I up could, on Link. I could talk about... My music while we're waiting for Bobby to call in. I have a, a live okay. musical performance in New York City coming up in a matter of two weeks. Oh. Can I give that a plug? Andy, you're... Yes, uh, go ahead and plug it, and uh, Bobby has just called in, so plug it. Okay, oh. I'll quickly plug it. This is Edward X. Young, and people who know me personally know that for... Uh, for uh, almost nine years, uh, I sang with uh, David Peel in the Lower East Side Band. David Peel was my friend. He died last year at the age of 74. But uh, his birthday was August 3rd. It would have been his uh, would have been his 76th birthday had he lived. Unfortunately, he didn't make it. Uh, my birthday is July 31st, the last day of the month. David and I always got together and celebrated our birthdays mutually uh, between our birth dates. And we're doing it again sort of posthumously one last time on August 1st, which is the day after my birthday and two days before the late David Peel's birthday. The old band is reuniting, the Lower East Side Band. We are reuniting and doing a, a tribute to the music of David Peel at, in New York City at the Sidewalk Cafe. That's uh, Avenue A on the corner of East 6th Street. And there's no cover. It's free. It's at 7 o'clock at the Sidewalk Cafe on Wednesday, August 1st. Uh, I'll be on stage. There'll be about five bands there doing the tribute. We're the headliners, of course. And uh, I'll be on stage singing, singing David's songs. He, I was his favorite vocalist in, in the band. And uh, I hope people will hear this if they're in the New York area and show up to see some good old, like, early punk rock style rock and roll. And uh, I'll be there. Anyhow, that was my musical nice. plug. All right, uh, Bobby, Bobby's writing me right now. He is about to call in. Okay. So, yes, Bobby, all, call, call back in. Okay. And almost, almost all of David's songs, virtually, almost all of them were about marijuana. And ironically... On the same day 
that were performing this tribute to David Peel on August 1st, that same date in New York City, uh, marijuana will be decriminalized. It's a bit of, bit of an irony there. That David was always hoping to live long enough to see it legalized in New York. And he almost got there. But on the day of this show, it will be the same day that it will no longer be a crime. I mean, it won't be completely legal if you're a dope and you're indiscreetly smoking weed in public. A cop can give you a ticket. Which well, could be a couple of hundred bucks in New York. But nobody's going to haul you off in handcuffs. Days are over as of August 1st. Just to let you potheads know that. Aren't you happy, potheads? <laughs> You're not going to get arrested for smoking weed in New York anymore. It's okay. Just get a ticket. Is anybody there? Did I lose my connection? Hello there. Uh-oh. I'm not hearing anything. Hello? I'm sorry, but the person you called has a voice mailbox that has not been set up yet. Goodbye. Is this the show? Hello? Hi. Rancy?
we've got me. Uh, I, I lost my connection briefly. Can you hear me now? Am I back with you? Yes, yes, I'm you're here. there. Uh, Bobby, are you no, there? I'm... Yes, I'm here. No, I just heard okay. all shook up. That that was Bobby doing that. Bobby covering really? Elvis is all shook up. Excellent. That sounded terrible. <laughs> that sounded terrible. Now, when did you, you do that, time? and what? I mean, Elvis Presley, that is one of his signature songs, and honestly... When I heard it, I was like, he turned it into himself. Well, um, that probably was a show that I was doing over in uh, Harlem um, a couple of years ago. But it sounded like it was slowed down. It didn't sound like the speed that I normally do it. I, I couldn't oh. even tell it was me. <laughs> oh, really? Because it yeah. does sound like you a lot, and that that was definitely you. I, I did some research well, on that one, but yeah, man, yeah, that what, I mean, that's such a huge song sung by like a huge, and you took it on and you, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was one of my shows uh, in Harlem. Um, and then, uh, I, I guess it's maybe a version of two uh, online from, uh, when, uh, my other shows, I was just surprised. I was surprised that you guys were playing that. <laughs> well, I I liked I liked your versions of Virgin. Sorry. Well, I'm glad you liked I it. I liked your version, so that's why I definitely wanted to play that because you know it is such a huge song to take on. Yeah, I, I yeah. know some I know some interesting backstory on that song. All shook up that most people okay. do not know. Uh, it was actually, you know, Elvis sang it, of course, and made it famous, and you covered it there. But it was actually written by uh, a musician-actor named David Hess. And fans of horror films would know that David Hess uh, became famous playing uh, the serial killer Krug in Wes Craven's first movie, The Last House on the Left. And uh, David Hess was a really sweet guy in real life. I knew him. And uh, but he he uh, he actually viewed himself as a musician first and an actor second, but he got more famous as an actor in horror films. But he said, but he wrote the song "All Shook Up," sold it to the Colonel, who then Elvis used it and made it the big hit. He is credited. You can find him in early records. You know the, the song by D. Hess, David Hess. Wow. But he actually wrote it as a joke. Uh, he wrote it as a joke when, when he he discovered what. He discovered that he'd caught the clap. He caught gonorrhea. <laughs> and oh, wrote this, no. Wrote a joke song. It was about discovering, like, you know, I I, I, I got the clap. I'm all shook up. And somebody said, they laughed about it. Friends of his laughed. I mean, he got cured. Friends of his laughed about it. But they said, but, you know, that's actually a really good song if you – if you change the lyrics a little bit, it would be it could have it could have some potential. And of course, he ended up selling it to Elvis Presley. But uh, that's just the backstory of the song all shook up. That's crazy. Yeah. That's Who a, would have that's ever known I knew David wow. Hess personally. He relayed the story to me over a few drinks. We had a lot of laughs over it. But uh, and you know his name wow. is on the record. He continued to make money off of it, but few people knew that 
a horror movie actor actually wrote the song. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that is and, uh, actually uh, kind of funny. And everything's connected. Here you are doing an Elvis cover, and and with one of your first bands, I believe you worked with a young Bruno Mars, who at the time was known as the world's youngest Elvis impersonator, right? <laughs> yeah, um, um, I was uh, hanging out at the karaoke bar in Hawaii after I got out of the Navy, and his dad heard me singing and uh, walked up to me and offered me a job with his doo-wop group called The Love Notes. And uh, when I joined the group, little Bruno was dressed in his Elvis suit, an exact replica of one of Elvis's suits, and uh, and it was kind of funny to to be working with him. But in my shows, I tell the story. I, I talk about Elvis and my dad being great friends, and some of the things that Elvis did for my dad. So those are, that's one of the reasons why I put Elvis in every one of my shows. Oh, see now that's something I did not know. That's yeah. actually really cool and very interesting. Well, of course, El- Elvis, Elvis, and Bobby's father, Jackie Wilson, actually were were good friends, and they they admired each other greatly. I think I told the story last time we were together that you know mm-hmm. the, pre- the press was saying that you know that Jackie Wilson was the black Elvis Presley, and, and Elvis would correct them always. Oh and yeah. Say, no, no, no. I am the, I am the white Jackie Wilson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, they 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 were they both were yeah, they Elvis liked kind of started very much. Yeah, Elvis used to have yeah, my dad on the movie set with him. Elvis used to, uh, I guess, hire my dad on the movie sets. One notably is uh, Girls, 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 uh, and also uh, Return to Sender. And um, my dad would be doing dance moves, and Elvis would mimic his moves on the show, uh, on the movie. Oh wow! And. And uh, one of the movies, if you watch it very carefully, uh, Elvis is dancing. Um, on the, he, him and uh, the, the girl, um, uh, the redhead, um, Margaret, and Margaret. And Margaret, that's right. Oh, yeah. They're doing, uh, um, that, I forgot the name of the song. But my grandmother is sitting on the front row of that theater, and you can see her. Uh, oh, uh, wow. She's sitting on the front row. Of course, my dad was on the back scene and and dancing, and they were um, telling each other jokes and stuff like that. And uh, it's kind of funny, but my grandmother's the, the black lady on the corner pew and sitting in the audience watching them do that dance that they did. Um, wow. Everybody turn your head to the left. Cha-cha-cha. Cha-cha. Everybody turn your head to the right. That, that's that song. Wow. I'm going to watch that more carefully oh, next time I see that picture. Yeah, slow it down. I mean, how does it, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, you, you, your genes started rock and roll, music, everything. No, I, mean, I wouldn't say all of that. Wow. <laughs> That's all you can say, say is. But, you know, you find out that think, it, it would it would be like you found out that I don't know I don't want to like well, see, it's, it's, the pope, it's like they don't they the first pope was like your great great grandfather <laughs> I mean it's, it's like they didn't know what they were doing they were just having a good time and this new music that was evolving 
and was changing the world, but I don't think they knew that they, that they were changing the world. I think they was just having a good time and making a little money and meeting some girls and and and, and it was it, it was, it was, <laughs> a, it was a nice life. It was a nice life. Wow. You know? So I don't think they knew what they were doing. You know, it's just it, it, I mean, a lot of things would happen when Elvis started doing the music he was doing. He basically was breaking the black lines where black people were listening to white music and white people started listening to black music. Uh, Little Richard and, and, and my dad and Elvis and Chuck Berry and all those guys in that time, they were changing the world. But they didn't. I don't think they knew they were. I talked to, uh, from time to time, I talked to Otis Williams of, of The Temptations. He's the only remaining original member. And he told me you know, many times that, that they were sitting in there, Many times they'll be in a hall where they have a line down the middle of the hall, a, a rope down the middle of the hall where they got blacks on one side and whites on one side. And when oh. they start the music, when, and then they start the music and the whole line disappears, everybody mixes and they have a great time. So he says, we didn't know what we were doing. We just loved the music performing and we just did what we did and it changed the world. And that's what they were doing. They, they were pioneers in, in bringing this world as one unit. We're still a long way from it, but we, we, but that's what music does. Wow, and, and, that's and, actually and, and, a very powerful statement. And uniquely American music. <laughs> yes. Can't be denied. And then the Beatles had to cut. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that, the, that was the, the music started. I love the Beatles too. The, yeah, but you know the music started in America, and then it went to the UK, and it went to other places like Brazil and South Africa, and places that we didn't know that people were listening to that music, and they and they were influenced. I mean, you talk to the Beatles, uh, John Paul and and and, uh, and George, they they all say they were influenced by Little Richard, they were influenced by Otis Redding, uh, wow. and when they when uh, when Barry Gordy started sent the first group of Motown actors, singers over to to the UK, those people over the UK lost their mind. And I remember reading about uh, James Jamison, the bass player for the Funk Brothers on the Motown band, when he got off the plane, you know, to be honest, uh, they, they, you know, they, they were getting paid per session, so they weren't rich. They weren't rich men. But when they got over to the UK and they got off the plane and they see a banner saying, we love James Jamison, he was like, what wow. how do these people know me? And and, and, the, and because they followed our music so, the uh, uh, you know who was playing guitar, drums, bass, um, trombone, trumpet, violin. They knew everybody because they got deeply involved in our music. Whereas we as Americans kind of brushed it off. Nobody knew who James Jameson was except the studio musicians in America. Uh, but you go to Europe and he's he was royalty. It flipped them out. Wow. And that's why a lot, a lot of the musicians, when they retired, they moved to Europe because they're still stars in Europe. The music never dies. Here in America, the music, yeah, it's, music it's, keeps evolving. The music keeps evolving. Keeps another evolving, one of the evolving. most biggest bands in the world of all time is Rolling Stones. And who was their biggest Absolutely. influence? Solomon Burke. Uh, and, and Rolling yes. Stones all- but did you know the Rolling Stones were responsible for uh, the James Brown movie? No, I did not. 
the producer of the James Brown movie was the lead singer of the Rolling Stones. What? And and because of uh, because of his love of the music, he made sure the movie was done on James because they got to perform. Yeah, with James. I know. Um, I do know because we did have uh, Victoria came to Sacramento and she spent an evening with us because she was close to town and she wanted to spend an evening with Nick and I. And she told us, remember, the only time that the Rolling Stones ever appeared on the Grammys, they were nominated, they won, they never went to the Grammys to accept their awards, but they were just going to put a little photo of Solomon Burke when he passed away on the big screen. And Mick Jagger said, no, we will come to the Grammys and we want to do a tribute show to Solomon Burke. Because awesome. they did love the music so much. Right. And like Americans forgot who Solomon Bird is. But the Europeans, that, that show where you heard me singing Elvis' cover song was because of Solomon Bird. That show, Solomon Bird flew in to, to Holland to do a show, and he passed away on the plane flying over. The promoter oh, for that show. Oh, no. Yeah, the promoter for that show brought me in because they had to cancel Solomon Burt's concert uh, because he passed oh. away. And I was the one, I was the replacement act. Oh, wow. That's how I got over there. You're not supposed to fly if you have blood clots. I mean, it's just, I'm shocking. I'm, I'm still it's so sad, and I'm, I just don't know why Solomon got on the plane. I guess, you know, you had to make it to the show, but, you know, if you have certain conditions, you shouldn't fly, right. you know. You, you could have right. a stroke on an airplane if you're prone to blood clots. Right. Uh, yeah. Another condition with my, with my fiancé was, uh, my fiancé Susie was dying of cancer, and we went to Europe for some treatment. We had to first get cleared by the doctors in New York that, that she was well enough to fly uh, eight mm-hmm. hours to Germany. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it is too bad. Yeah, it's a long flight. It was, and that's a, that's an eight-hour flight. No, no doubt. I got to admit, wow. Bobby, looking at looking at pictures, uh, you know, I, I hope to meet you face to face one day when you're performing here in the New York metro area. I'm sure it has to happen sooner or later. But uh, well, if you look, I think if you look on my uh, I, schedule. I'll be there soon. I, I'm sure people. Are, I mean. I think it's uncanny. You, I mean, you really strongly resemble your late father. <laughs> you know, it looks. Yes, sir. I mean, I'm sure that you were. Weren't you hearing that a lot before you knew that that Jackie Wilson was your father? Weren't people telling you that when you when you were no. first singing? When I first started singing, yes, but uh, no. In the beginning, no, they weren't saying nothing because I had my military look, which I shaved my head and. I was 30 pounds heavier, and I looked like nobody. <laughs> but I remember. You were in the Navy, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I was in the Navy. So, you know, music was the furthest away from me in the Navy. Uh, and then when I, I started hanging out the, at the uh, karaoke bars and um, uh, and um, in Hawaii, and uh, Peter said, hey, I need you to grow a pompadour. And I said, uh, well, you're going to have to show me how to do that. And he said, oh, well, well, let's see if you can grow one. 
And I forgot that my hair grew like weeds when I was a kid. So, because uh, I <laughs> shaved it the whole time. For 10 years, I shaved it in the Navy. So I, I, I forgot that my hair can grow. And in two weeks, I had a mini pompadour. And as soon as that little pompadour started, uh, um, I started getting, hey, you look like Jackie Wilson. Can you sing like him? And then I was like, who is Jackie Wilson? <laughs> and, uh, wow. <laughs> and it was like, well, don't you know? Hey, I'm your I father. Said, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was a strange, it's a strange force of destiny that you were just led into music like it was in your blood. It just you you were drawn. But in. you know, you know, it has to be God at work to put me there because yeah. first of all, He puts me with a family where like, the future kid is going to be a mega superstar. Okay. So he puts me with this family, with a kid that's in the family. It's going to be like the next Michael Jackson or the next Elvis, you might as well say. You're talking about I mean, Bruno Mars, right? Yeah. I Told mean, you, honey. How, how, I, I, how, I called that years ago. I was like, that? that's the next Michael Jackson. Well, but here's the and thing. Said, I don't know. I started, well, here's the uh, thing. When I, work, when I started working with the family and I would watch Bruno, I told his dad, I said, Pete, I think you got a. I think you got a Michael Jackson on your hands. And he looked at me and said, "Well, it's my. That's my retirement plan." So uh, a few years ago, <laughs> yeah. So Pete, so a few Pete years Hernandez, ago, a few, Pete Hernandez is, uh, Senior is uh, Bruno's dad. Right. And so a few years ago, uh, uh, Pete was hanging out with me in, in uh, Vegas, and we went to dinner with one of his friends, a promoter. Uh, me and my fiance, and I said to Pete, I said, Pete, do you remember when you just hired me and I told you about Bruno being another Michael Jackson? He goes, no, I don't remember. I said, you don't remember what you told me? He goes, no. I said, you told me that's your retirement plan. And he looked at me (laughs) and he laughed. He goes, well, it worked. (laughs) I said, yeah. I said, I wish he was my kid. (laughs) I said, I wish he was my kid. I said, it definitely worked. Uh, it was funny. Yeah, I, you started laughing. I was said, actually, I, I was actually watching a little documentary that you two put on with Bruno Mars, and I was actually really surprised to hear that Elvis Presley was. They mentioned that that in the documentary that Elvis Presley was his number one influence in music because. When I'm watching his videos, like, this is for you, Ice Cody, Mel Shelford, too hot, hot damn. I was thinking more of James Brown. Well, he was influenced by all of them. Then uh, I was Elvis looking was... at it, I was like, that's Michael Jackson. And Elvis developed moves. Where well, did James Brown well, develop moves? Who, well, who came first, James Brown or Elvis? They all came at the same time, to be honest. Yeah, they kind of all it's like uh, you know everybody. Uh, I've been in the music scene. Uh, everybody borrows from everybody and gets influenced by right. everybody. You know, you, right. you a, a synergy happens. You got to get like in the punk scene. You had to get out of the garage and go to the bars and hang with the others, and you, everybody sharpens their skills. <laughs> and well, listen to this. Everybody who knows James Brown says and, and knows the history of James Brown says. James stole his style from Little Willie John. Now, Little Willie John really? was the first soul artist. Yeah, Little Willie John was the first soul artist 
uh, that got signed before James. James was still a kid. But they said James really studied Little Willie John because he sounded like him and acted like him when he first started out. So so everybody do take from everybody. And like my dad uh, always said that he took some from Elvis and Elvis took from him. But it, that, that's the way the business is. Everybody's I watch all entertainers today to this date. I go to a show, live entertainment to me is where it's at. So I'll go to a live show and watch an entertainer, how he handles or she handles the audience, how they, uh, how they, you know, handle their, you know, their stage, their show program. And I take bits and pieces myself because uh, I'm always trying to improve my game. Uh, the, the, The name of this game Cher and Madonna has been doing is keeping yourself relevant and keeping yourself alive in the music. And those two experts have figured it out. So I want to be like them. I want to be like Tony Bennett. I want to be like Frank Sinatra, who was 80 years timeless. old. And still, Frank and Sinatra, still timeless. Yeah. Gets told, better I, with I, age. I, I am very I, pleased I told this, say, I, I'm very pleased to say that I saw Sinatra perform Live, uh, when he was seventy-six years old, near the end of it, near the end of his career, and he was he was still great at seventy-six. And I'll tell you, later this summer in September in New Jersey, I'm gonna I already have tickets. I'm gonna be seeing Willie Nelson, who's eighty-four years old now. I saw him wow. last year. Wow, quality was great. Yeah, yeah, all the greats, man, all the greats. Well, I think I, re- I, I love Frank. I think I read an interview. Wait, I think I read wait an interview let me just let me just say one thing, Ed. Yeah. Bobby. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Do me a promise here tonight on Francie and Friends. Okay. Please do not twerk on stage. <laughs> it's too late for that. Okay. I was going to say I I think I saw an interview clip with your father from years ago where he was responding to some critics who like in the seventies were, were criticizing Elvis saying he took so much from the black artists. And I think your father said that, Hey, pretty much every black artist took stuff from Elvis too. (laughs) Right. Everybody just developed their own thing and everybody said, I like that. I'm going to use that also. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. But I heard father, too, your father was famous for amazingly demanding stuff. I mean, knee drops, splits, spins, right. back flips, one foot slides, and then he used a lot of boxing moves too, relating to his Crazy. earlier boxing career. <laughs> so he, right. he brought martial arts into music. <laughs> You're completely correct on that. Yeah, he did a lot. I mean, how how far do you go with the moves? I mean, because uh, some of those. Well, when I was get... younger, <laughs> when I was younger, exactly. I do the splits and and I did the, uh, I, I didn't do any flips, but I did the splits and the and the knee slides and things like that. Now that I'm a little older, I still do a lot of footwork, but I take it easy on the knees. <laughs> yeah, I think, I'm trying I think, to keep my knees. You and I might be close to the same age. I mean, and yeah, I used to be very athletic in my youth, and the knees are just shot. <laughs> I, I, I bend yeah. down to pick something up, and I need somebody to help me get back on my feet. What a drag yeah, it is, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I still, you know, I still exercise, and I'm still quite uh, athletic. It's just I, I, I don't, 
I, I used to do the, the the knee drops on every show. I don't do that no more. Conserve my knees. I don't want to wind up. Uh, I know Prince when he had turned sixty, he had um, he had hip replacement surgery. So yeah, I'm trying to avoid that. Oh, yeah, you know? so, the and, the, and the only way to avoid it is to take take it easy on yourself. And uh, I remember Paul Revere's words to me, because what I used to do, Paul Revere, Paul Revere and the Raiders, I worked for him in a show called Legends in Concert. And I used to jump off an eight-foot stage into a full split every night, two shows a night. And and Paul came in the dressing room and grabbed me by my ear and said, hey, don't be dropping, jumping off the stage no more. You ain't going to have no knees by the time you're 40. And, and wow. I was like, yeah, but I... But I can do it. He goes, I don't want to see you dropping off that stage. And he, so I stopped because he basically made me stop. And I would do, a, you know, if the audience was killer, then I would do some killer moves for the audience. But if the audience was not giving it, then I just, you know, give them what I gave them and I kept going. And uh, but I thank thank him because my knees are in good shape compared to if I just ignore them and kept jumping off that stage. Because I know guys my age that can barely walk, and and God has blessed me where I I can still run, I can still jump, I can still jog. I jump and I pretty much do a bunch of jumping in my show anyway. Uh, but um, but I, I'm you know I try to be careful you know because you know I am getting older so I got to take care of myself. I, I would strongly I, recommend. Well, I, I, I would strongly recommend. Chiropractic. Chiropractors have worked wonders for me. I've been doing chiropractic for years, man. My mom, oh my gosh, she worked at a chiropractor's office and she she popped me all the time. Uh, Bobby, uh, one thing I want to know about the sweetest feeling. What about that Mm -hmm. song? Uh, It's a great song. We got to record, record. I'm on Plateau Music uh, Nashville, and we covered my dad's song. That was one of my first releases that uh, went. We released to Adult Contemporary. It went in ten weeks. It went to number ten. That's where it stayed nice. for twelve weeks. And um, and then I got eight categories on the Grammys, uh, and, and they put me in the ballot in eight categories: Song of the Year, New Artist of the Year, R&B Song of the Year, um, just like. A gospel. I mean, like a lot of different characters. It, it was. A, it worked out really well for me, um, covering my dad's song. But the thing about it was, when uh, Tony and I was laying the song down, uh, Tony said, "Okay, we're gonna work on your sound. We're not trying to sound like you. We're trying to sound like you." So I said, "No problem." That's what I thought when I heard it. Yeah. So um, when when um, when I I did the song. Um, and we recorded it, and then they mixed it down in the whole nine yards. Um, I was really surprised how much I sounded like my dad. And my sisters, uh, Sabrina, namely one of them, and my brother, Thor, they both cried and said, you sound so much like dad, you know. So it was um, it was very moving for me. Do you want to hear it? Do the people want to hear it? Oh, I think, um, I think, uh, Edward, do you I want to hear it? I think we're doing an interview show about music. It's it's mandatory that uh, some songs get played. 
I think the play audience it. is expecting it. No, yes, play it.
have any background noise after I play the music. So you guys can hear me? Yeah. And I hit page instead of mute. <laughs> I do that a lot. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Hey, loud and Hello? clear. Can you hear us? Yes. Okay, yes, okay, loud. okay, good. Um, here's here's one thing I gotta ask you, Bobby. Like, you you're standing in front of the mirror. When I have no rhythm, like I discovered that as a young child. I try to clap along with the music. Everybody in my family's got music, and they're like, "Francie, you're totally setting us off beat." When do, like, Ed, even you can answer this question. When do you know that you have rhythm, and how do you use it? Because, honestly, I have none. I never, I oh, never I, thought about it. <laughs> I, I never I thought about that. I, I, uh, I, I, funny, I, I think I just I discovered it by accident in karaoke bars, which I endorse as much as I endorse chiropractic adjustments. I mean, after after my first marriage ended in divorce and I, I was deeply depressed, I'd never had sung in public before, but friends of mine dragged me to a karaoke bar to cheer me up. And I, I said, I'm not singing anything here. And, and they said, well, we put your name in, so you're going to have to do it. What's the matter? You're afraid. And, and, of course, when people challenge me like that, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And, and I just sort of discovered by accident yeah, I think I, I think I got some rhythm here. <laughs> and the, the audience I usually take a couple of drinks, and I just sound, I just sing the most outrageous song that's going to make the bar go, wow! Anyways, like Piano Man, that, oh, they're going to go nuts. They're going to stand up, and they're going to sing with you. Or I want to shoot by salt and pepper. With all due respect, maybe it's because you had the few drinks before you sang that you think you got no room. Exactly. <laughs> but still, I'm I'm even looking at it, and I was thinking one time when I wasn't thinking about it, I was I felt like I was on rhythm, and then I was like, oh, I'm on rhythm, and I'm like. interesting. to do vocally, and he did, you know. 
that, that, that that's great singing. I, I got uh, two, two usually. Sometimes I can stretch it to three. <laughs> that's funny. That's why, that's why I prefer songs I can sort of like talk out the lyrics, like Dylan's songs. <laughs> but uh, but that that's great. That is, like I said, it is amazing that the talent and the destiny it had to be the hand of God that was passed on. But it's also, I mean, and I know that you have a, you have faith is deeply rooted in your soul because you know I, I didn't realize this. I was I was reading up on you, and you had a you had quite a difficult childhood with a lot of health issues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a lot of health issues uh, growing up. Um, um, my, um, I'm not sure if I was a preemie baby or not, but my mother, uh, you know, great God bless her, um, they put uh, me in her home. Um, she said she thought I was about six months old when they brought me. Uh, and uh, and um, they had to re break my legs and straighten my legs because they were like, uh, I guess, monkey legs. My my feet were pointed in and my knees were like elbows. Uh, so that had to be all readjusted. Wow. And, uh, I was like a 98% disability. So I um, had a speech impediment, which they thought, they thought I was retarded until they realized later that I had a speech impediment. And so um, got that all cleared up when I, you know, by sending me through the call, the classes they had to send me through, and the therapy that I had to go through, and then I had intestinal problems, and um, and and um, I had uh, breathing problems, um, asthmatic problems. So I was in and out of the hospital until I was about 16 years old. Seeing though I was completely cured and healed, healed from all the ailments that I suffered as a child, and I started running cross country, and the running seemed to make me stronger. And I start. I got to the point where I was running 54 miles a week, nine miles a day for six days a week, one day off. Wow! Uh, and I think that did, I did that till I joined the Navy. Wow! Uh, thing is that, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I, I was, believe it or not, I mean, I was born premature, and I had a lot of health problems as a kid, and I I got into running. I was I was a cross country runner, a long distance runner. That certainly does help put you together. But I wasn't. I mean, your, your problems were far more severe. I mean, having to rebreak your legs. I mean, what, what I'm what I'm amazed is what you've been through would have broken the spirit of a lot of people, or or made someone become very introverted. And yet, you found the strength to build your body up, but also go out there and be a performer. I think that's that's quite inspiring. And it ha- it has to be your faith in God. It has to be. Well, it was it was the grace of God. I mean, um, my mom was a strong Christian, and so I learned uh, the, the story of Jesus at a very young age, um, um, probably six or seven years old. We was in church, and and my mom wouldn't allow me to join the church until I was old enough to understand what I was joining because I wanted to join the church at eight or nine years old, and she made me wait until I was a teenager, and then I joined. But I, I learned the story of Jesus very early, and I learned the lessons of the Bible a very young age, and by the time I was 16 years old, I was also teaching Sunday school uh, in my uh, my church in Columbia, South Carolina. And they wanted to put Columbia. Yeah, and I became a trustee on the trustee board, and uh, you know, just a lot of good things that that helped build my character. A lot of people helped build me. You know, uh, a lot of angels that came along the way. When uh, Clinton wrote the book, 
called It Takes a Village, it was it's very true. It, it was a village of people that helped build me to who I am and the grace of God and the angels that, that came along to guide me. So I'm I'm very grateful for all the people that were in my life and have, that comes and go in my life that that pushed me along the way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're mentioning Columbia, South Carolina. We talked about that last time you were on the show. Um, every time somebody hears that I'm from Columbia, South Carolina, that they're like, um, "Do you have roads? Are they all dirt?" Everybody thinks that Columbia, South Carolina, is this little hick town that does nothing for anybody. <laughs> but you know, here it is. You know, I'm telling everybody, I'm like, no, Columbia, South Carolina is more productive than anybody could ever imagine. Even though they mm-hmm. get bad press all the time, I'm living in South Carolina, and I'm like, well, there's another shining moment for us. <laughs> you know, I wasn't but aware it's, it is a great, it is a great uh, state, and we do look over everybody and they do care about people and that was kind of cool to know that you and i we were practically neighbors right yeah i went to i uh, then we go to the same high school i went to ac Floor high school went to benedict I, college i did it the, in summer school i went to richland northeast but i had to attend summer school in ac flora because i had to register late because you know, I had to play basketball next year, and wow. that was, they were taking my summer. But AC Flora is actually a really good school. Oh, yeah, it was a great school. That's when my, yeah. to be honest, um, I, I learned how to play piano at AC Flora High School because I went to see a Commodore's concert, and um, and uh, Lionel Richie started playing uh, easy like Sunday morning on a white, Baby like Grand. That's great. Yeah. So I went back to school. I went back to school and and begged my teacher Betty Dorn, God bless her, she's still around, to uh, could, to teach me how to play piano. I wanted to play piano, and they had an after school program that I don't remember the name of, but I remember the man that was my instructor. His name was Claude Ray. He was a jazz pianist, and he took on a a class of us and taught us how to play piano in four to six weeks. Uh, so I've been playing ever since that day. <laughs> wow. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the show that I'm that in is- now, the show that I'm in now here in Lake Tahoe, uh, the show yeah. we're, we're playing in, um, a Solid Gold Soul, uh, one of the characters I bring into the show is Little Richard. And I play good golly Miss Molly on piano during the show. Oh, nice! Yeah, so uh, you know all what all those those skills that uh, I picked up I, I can use today. And and, and I took a ten year break while I was in the navy. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Now I gotta ask you: Do you sweat when you play the piano? Because that is like an exercise. <laughs> Forget uh, I, forget the stairmaster. <laughs> that is I a very exercisable play. Uh, you know, playing on the piano like there's a lot of. 
do you work up a sweat? And you're underneath all those lights. Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> the, 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 the lights alone will do it to you, Francie. The lights are yeah. pretty hot. Yeah, the, light, the lights will kill you. Oh, yeah. They are bright. We are about to be cut off. We've already gotten in. We're still we're, we're in the after show right now. Now, Bobby, Nick and I want to take a train to see you in Lake Tahoe. Edwards uh, might be here late. What September? Yeah, I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work on a plan to visit an old girlfriend of mine in Elvis in Portland, Oregon. I haven't seen her in a long, oh, long you time. You know that's not gonna go well, Bobby. Well, we're we're, we're here to September the third. Okay. We're here to September the third. But if I miss you out there, did you say you were planning a uh, New York metro area gig at some point? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking on my calendar now. I'll tell you exactly when we're going to be in New York because we're, we're going to be in New York in the fall. I'll be here. I, I live in the area. I'll, I'll be here for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking it's in November. Hold on. Um, no, 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 no. Um, oh, the closest I'm going to get to you is Bristol, Pennsylvania. I can drive there. Oh, That's no, 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 no. Albany, New York at the Golden Older Spec Proctor Theater in Albany, New York. I can, I can make that. Albany's about a three-hour drive for me, but I can make that. Yeah. I can make that up to see it, it. It is October the 20th. It's going to be a big show. Uh, the Shirelles are going to be on the show. Uh, the Duprees are going to be on that show. They're also going to have uh, the, um, the Contours from Motown. They're going to be That's on that show. Great. It's going well, to be a big show. On, we're friends on Facebook now, so we'll stay in touch, and I'll follow this, of course. Okay. All right, now, no yeah, speaking of Facebook, Bobby, you got to tell everybody where they can contact you. BobbyBrooksWilson.com. BobbyBrooksWilson.com. That's where you find me. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, Bobby Brooks Wilson. Uh, I'm easy to find. And if you, if you can't remember any of that, all you do is Google my name. Bobby... Brooks Wilson, that's B-O-B-B-Y-B-R-O-O-K-S-W-I-L-S-O-N. And you're such a nice guy. That's another thing that is so cool about you is that you're such a nice guy. Thank you so much. You guys are very <laughs> nice yourself. Thank you very much. I pretty much That's much appreciated. You are. You are. Very, very nice guy. And uh, do you mind if I play higher? You singing your dad's song, Higher? Higher and Higher? No, I don't mind at all. Okay. Go for it. Because you do such a great job. I do not mind. Go, Go right ahead. Thank you so much. All right.
Can you feel that? We're going to spread some love all around the world. Start it right here in this room. Repeat after me. Are we still here? 